You're listening to the Range Garden Web University streaming and on-demand programming. I'm Jeff. I'm in the studio with the big sports fan, Matthew Tessner. Welcome. Happy day. Happy day. It's uh, it's it's the day before Friday as we sit down to record this. Day before it's Friday. Friday Eve, as I call Friday. it. Um, March Madness, just around the corner. Two weeks from March, from the calendar. Um, that means basketball. That means basketball. Uh, for a lot of the country, I'm sure there are people who have other causes that they like in March. But but March Madness that's an that's an American term. I think at this point we could yes. we could safely say that. Yeah. So in that pursuit of March Madness, I got to thinking this week. What are some of these teams that uh, are highly ranked or have been talked about all year, or maybe that have flown a little bit under the radar? And as we begin to hear about conference seeding and conference tournaments and the uh, NCAA tournament, who should we be watching? And okay. maybe who should we start to think about penciling in at the tops of our brackets and, okay. and who might be our, our championship-worthy teams to, to put in there? Um, of course, we learn a lot between now and Selection Sunday uh, when the conference tournaments are over and we have our conference champions because we even find out a lot on conference tournament weekends what kind of medal these teams actually have when you have to go through three games in three days or or more than that, as has been the case in some conferences. We learn things that we didn't learn all year. We see players step up that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of years ago, it was the national championship when Grayson Allen, now a, a popular name across the country, a Duke guard, just kind of started showing out in the national championship game and he was way down the bench most of the year and here's this here's this guard who's suddenly a dynamic scorer and, wow. and uh, helping Duke win the national championship as a freshman so um, we see those kinds of things pop up but I don't think we're too early at this point in the season to kind of say here are some teams to look for sure. so yeah. why not start with Duke I mentioned Duke uh, we are here in ACC country and the ACC has consistently had five or six teams uh, at times in the uh, top 25 this year um, Louisville, Duke, Carolina, Notre Dame, Virginia, uh, Florida State. Those are some of the ones that we've seen. So there are some very good teams that could come out of the ACC. I really feel like maybe it's a North Carolina bias, but I really feel like Duke and North Carolina are the kind of teams that could go farther than some of those other ones can. And uh, actually last night, uh, as we record this, was watching the Carolina State game, uh, North Carolina and NC State, just to kind of get a, a good look at a couple of those tobacco road teams in, in a rivalry. And it kind of got me thinking about some of the games I've watched with Duke and Carolina this year. Uh, and I think with Duke, uh, as we mentioned before, I think they have so much talent uh, led by Grayson Allen. Uh, they've got a guy named Luke Kennard who suddenly is an amazing scorer and he's a great shooter. Uh, and Duke is full of scores. They have five or six guys on that roster who could be the guy on any given night. Uh, and I think the question for them, I think they could I think they could absolutely be one of the best teams in the country and they could win the national championship again. But I think their consistency and their um, ability to focus. What is their concentration? Because Grayson Allen, as we mentioned, he's been in the news a lot this year for tripping players. Um, He was suspended a game. uh, So that's been a distraction. Coach K had some surgery uh, this year, and he was out for about a month off the bench. That was a distraction. They lost a couple of games during that stretch. They, as usual uh, in recent years, have a lot of freshmen on that team. How far they've come along and how ready they are for March is a big question. A couple of years ago, Duke won the national championship with three or four prominent freshmen 
freshmen on their roster. So that doesn't necessarily hold a team back. But mm-hmm. I think their concentration, can they get past some of these distractions? Um, they've absolutely got the talent. Uh, for North Carolina, I think uh, health is, is a question and quality depth. Uh, they have a lot of experience in different ways on that roster. Um, they have uh, one of the best guard uh, tandems in the country with Joel Berry and Justin Jackson. Both are great scorers. Um, both are also great uh, assist uh, people to get other players involved. Um, but they've had health questions up and down the roster. Um, Theo Pinson missed a few games here and there, and Tony Bradley missed a few games here and there. Now Kenny Williams, who's probably their best uh, perimeter defender, uh, perhaps as a guard, uh, is out for a while. So I think how healthy do they stay and how much can a couple of those key names uh, guide them down the stretch? I don't know that they have as much raw talent necessarily as a Duke does, but I think they have in volumes uh, quite a few players who can step in there and, and be a, a key key player. And the big thing, of course, for Duke and Carolina is always uh, they play tough schedules by being in the ACC, so they're certainly prepared. They, they do not have any kind of cupcake schedule, really, uh, by virtue of just being in that conference. And they're led by coaches, Coach K, Roy Williams, who have been there. They've won national championships. Oh, and so yes. they know what they're doing, and they know they know how to respond this time of year. It just sounds like every year you could you could lead with, don't count out Duke and Carolina. It's I don't just, think you can. And, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, for somebody here in, in, in uh, or, or in the triangle, uh, NC State hasn't been in that conversation in, in a while. while. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, I, I really would love uh, growing up in this area and watching ACC basketball all my life. I would love for State to be on that same line. I mean, that just that's just going to make the rivalries even better, mm-hmm. um, and the atmosphere is going to be even better for college basketball fans if if State gets up to that that level. They've got a guy named Dennis Smith Jr. who is just an amazing scorer and an energy guy this year, but not a lot of help, quality help around him. And so um, I wish they could get up to that level. But, yeah, Duke and Carolina, you can't leave them off the list. Kind of similar to Duke for me, um, lots of young scoring talent uh, is Kentucky. And um, Kentucky is going to show up uh, often in this conversation because there are a lot of teams who have had big wins so far this season over Kentucky. But Kentucky still only has, I think, four or five losses, and they beat Michigan State. They beat Carolina earlier this year in a high-scoring, exciting game in Las Vegas. But they are like Duke. They have a lot of freshmen, a lot of guys who can score. Um, They also, like Duke, go through these different – phases where they'll they'll have freshmen and they'll they'll suddenly have a nice crop of freshmen that together uh, can win a national championship and they did that several years ago we mentioned Duke doing that Kentucky did it with a guy named Anthony Davis and and a guy named Michael Kidd Gilchrist who then after winning that national championship went one and two in the NBA draft and so they they do that commonly and there's just so much talent on that roster I don't think we can can hide from Kentucky um other teams, Villanova is, is certainly one. They're the defending champions, and so a lot more people who didn't know about Villanova last year know about Villanova now from watching them through the tournament. But they brought back several of their guards, including uh, Chris Jenkins, who hit the winning shot in the national championship game to, to beat Carolina. Um, so they're certainly, I think, in that conversation, and they've beaten Notre Dame and Virginia, top 25 teams out of the ACC. So I think Villanova is, is to be uh, reckoned with again. Kansas is another one. And again, you mentioned Duke Carolina. And you can't count them out. A lot of these other teams, Kentucky, Kansas, Villanova, they're not surprises really. No, yeah. But I think that also 
tends to be the trend. We talked recently about uh, parody. parody. Is yes. there parody? Uh, and we see a lot of the same names in college basketball each year, and that's those teams are winning the championship. So I think those are solid picks when you're filling out your bracket in March. And Kansas has backed that up. They've got wins over Duke, Kentucky, Baylor, and West Virginia, all top 25 and at times top 10 teams. And they have just as much of a scoring group as any in the country that that if I were defending them it would give me nightmares because they've got a guard named Frank Mason the third who's a senior and then they've got a young athletic guy named Josh Jackson who is going to probably be a lot of talk in the NBA draft when it comes up uh, and then they've got others and so Kansas another one that's experienced um, and then kind of finally and, and what I would say is is a group to round out maybe our eight winners for March Madness, maybe eight teams you can you can go ahead and consider as national championship contenders as we head toward the conference tournaments. After Villanova, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky, there's kind of a three-headed monster from the Pac-12 out on the West Coast. And a lot of people here on the East Coast do not get to see a lot of West Coast basketball. Yeah, that's true. You either have to have the right channels to watch it and or you have to be willing to stay up until 1, 2, or 3 <laughs> a.m. in too. the morning because yes. um, their games are not going to come on typically at the times that, that we're used to watching games mm-hmm. out here. Uh, the Pac-12 has been incredibly competitive this year, and they are beating up on each other, particularly Arizona, UC. LA and Oregon. They've all been kind of top 10 range, sometimes a little bit higher than that. Oregon and UCLA both beat Kentucky as part of that trend of teams beating a good good young Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. Arizona beat Michigan State. Um, they all have a pretty pretty compelling wins. I think UCLA stands out for me. And again, we're talking about Blue Bloods, teams that we've been hearing about for years. Yeah. John Wooden won so many national championships right. at UCLA. Mm-hmm. They've gone through down times, but they're, they're always, it seems like, in that conversation uh, here, here in recent years again. Uh, and they have six guys who average double-figure scoring which for a college basketball team is a pretty big deal, um, led by uh, no- notable names T.J. Leaf, um, Lonzo Ball, who is another one like Kansas's Josh Jackson. He's going to be a big NBA draft name, probably one of the, if he goes out, and he likely will after his freshman year uh, for the draft, he'll likely be a top three pick. Um, he also has been in the news a lot because his younger brothers uh, score lots of points in high school basketball. And um, I, one of them, I believe, recently scored 83 points in a high school basketball game. <laughs> wow. So the, the Lonzo Ball family and his yeah. brothers, that's going to be the Ball family. They're, they can ball. Um, yeah. Terrible, terrible pun. But we're going to be hearing about them for a while. Um, and then there's Bryce Alford, who's actually Coach's son, who is a great shooter that UCLA has. And so those eight teams, uh, again, UCLA, Oregon, Arizona, all out of the Pac-12, Duke and Carolina out of the ACC, Villanova, Kansas, and Kentucky. Those are the names that I think – lock them in they should be favorites in March I would say and you know me I'm not a big prognosticator when it comes to teams winning and I'm I'm going early here so I'm going yes, out on the line yes, very very early because we've still got you know a handful of games left in every every conference schedule for the most part um, two names that I think maybe are notable uh, to kind of round out a, a conversation about 10 teams maybe two that people would say well what about those teams and uh, one of those is Baylor, and we've talked about Baylor on the Big Sports Fan before. They come out flat at times. There was a time that we specifically re- referenced on this podcast where they were 15-0 that week. They were number one in the country. They were number one for the first time in Baylor basket- men's basketball history. And they came out and they lost by 21 points to West Virginia. Yeah. 
Now, West Virginia has been a ranked team in their own right, so they're not they're not a terrible team. No, but, but when you're number points. one and you lose by twenty something points, yeah. uh, even on the road, um, that that just doesn't bode well mm-hmm. for you. I just they don't have a, a deep uh, roster of scores, and they have they've been flat at times, and so I, I'm not drinking the Kool Aid on Baylor. Um, the other one, probably the most notable snub, number one in the country right now, Gonzaga. And Gonzaga is a school that, if you go back 20 years or so, people would be like, where's that? I don't mm-hmm. know where that is. It was notable because John Stockton, a Hall of Fame guard for the Utah Jazz for many years, one of the, if not the all-time assist leader in the NBA, went to Gonzaga. Um, and sometime in the 90s, I think it was, they started yeah, building right. up their program. Mm-hmm. You'd start to see them in the tournament. Yeah. Then they'd beat somebody. Then they'd beat somebody else. And, and then before you knew it, they were winning several games and getting a little bit deeper into the tournament they were one of those popular upset cinderella as we used to call them teams now i think we talk about mid-major cinderellas teams from conferences that aren't necessarily power conferences uh who come in there and have a lot of success um gonzaga though they're number one they did beat arizona one of the teams that i said should be in that conversation as we near the tournament um other than that their schedule is not that strong and i think that's important um the selection committee for the ncaa tournament certainly looks at strength of schedule when seeding teams um you know if you're number one for a, a large portion of the year and if you have uh, an undefeated record or a really good record, you're probably going to be okay as far as seeding goes. But that doesn't mean that you won't fall prey to, to upset, uh, being an upset victim sometime mm-hmm. during the tournament. And Gonzaga has five players they average in double figures, so they have people who can score. They seem to be pretty balanced between inside and outside uh, with, with guard play and play in the paint. But until a mid-major gets over the hump and wins it all, you know, one of these schools who is not a major conference, major state school that, that we've heard about for decades, yes. that has that star power, has some of the best recruits in the country, like the aforementioned list of teams that we, we laid out there, it's hard for me to say that one can do it. And right. so, yes, Gonzaga, they may have a very successful run here. They may have a run through the tournament. And Mark my words, I may be completely wrong on this. We may be, you may be listening to this now and then in a month, month and a half saying, ha, Gonzaga won the national championship. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> um, but I, I just cannot see penciling them too far or, or in ink into your bracket because we, we've seen Butler go to the national championship a couple of times, but we have not seen a, a team such as one of those finish it off right, yet. Right, right. Until we do, I have a hard time with Gonzaga, even if they're number one and even if they're undefeated, which they are right now. So um, those are some of my thoughts as we, we near March. And it's just fun to say Gonzaga. Gonzaga. At Gonzaga, Gonzaga. I'd love to hear somebody yeah. from actually in Washington State uh, say that. I think we have a couple uh, of students here at Gardner-Webb who are from Washington well, State. Well, go ask them. I need to go ask them. We'll have them on just as a special pronunciation guy. Hey, and when Gonzaga wins the national championship, uh, if, if that were to happen, we can have them on. They can yeah. pronounce it to start start the podcast, and then we can go from there. And we can talk about how wrong there it was. <laughs> there you have it. i tell you what, uh, if you got any questions, comments, or pronunciation guides for us, just uh, email us at info, I-N-F-O, at wgwg.org.